Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Christophe Gihondo, Global Head of Distribution, Nordia. He stands for Trust and Authenticity. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese, who has COVID today, but she's still recording Flex and the City. And today, I'm very pleased. I'm not actually physically with you, but I am talking to the wonderful Christophe Girondel, who is the Global Head of Distribution for Nordea Asset Management. Pleasure um, to have you with us, Christophe. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I hope you get better soon. (laughs) Thank you. I'm feeling absolutely fine. Just a little croaky. So do bear with me um, here. So love to hear, um, Christoph. Um, I know that you've worked at Nordea for many, many years now, and and you're the head of global distribution, but love to hear a bit about your journey. Um, I know you're French. um, So so tell us a little bit about how you arrived in the Grand Duchy and uh, came to be working at Nordea. So I'm born in the east side of France, so I've never born very far away from the Grand Duchy. Uh, and I had uh, always my grandparents actually going for the Grand Duchy uh, because we had, we had some, some relatives over there. So though I've been coming to the Grand Duchy as well as a child uh, to visit these relatives. You know, I'm, I, I used to, I went to study in Paris, so I was, you know, far away from the Grand Duchy and then went to work for Crédit Lyonnais, uh, which was at, at that time existing uh, in the in Paris and then in the Nordic region and and therefore I was far away from the Grand Duchy and uh, at some point <clears throat> love brought me to the Grand Duchy because my my girlfriend of that time actually got a job in Grand Duchy so that's where I I came to the Grand Duchy initially um, funny enough I was working in corporate banking so when I arrived in the Grand Duchy you know uh, investment fund or asset management was quite far away from me I was a bit uh, you know, I, I was trying to find a job in corporate banking and that didn't really exist in the Grand Duchy at that time. And therefore, I ended up uh, working for Deloitte okay. uh, for, for, for a couple of years uh, in different functions, uh, especially, especially in the advisory side of, uh, of Deloitte, uh, where I started to learn, you know, investment fund, what it was, advising some clients, uh, having great colleagues. And, and then one day... Uh, one of my clients actually called me, which was Nordea at that time, and that's where I started to end up at Nordea. So that's where that's where my, my life at Nordea, like almost 20 years ago, actually started. Wow. And you're in distribution now. Tell us a little bit about your work in distribution. What kind of clients are you serving, uh, Christoph? So I, I actually started uh, more into the management. It was a manco, was 2003, you know, the beginning of the mancos, you uh, see it's three mancos. So that's where I started. And uh, I was more in the product side, you know, developing product prospectuses. And, and then over time, uh, Nordea started to build a little platform here in Luxembourg, selling to third parties, some of the mutual funds. Uh, and I was part of that team. Uh, and I was lucky to have the opportunity in 2005 Six, sorry, to head the team because uh, the, the head departed and, and then they asked me uh, if I would uh, head that team. And that's what my journey started in distribution. And we were at that time quite small. We were, I think, six, yeah, 50 people, mm-hmm. selling mainly in Germany, uh, Austria, Switzerland, uh, and, you know, a bit in France. And, and you know, we had the CCAB and then... Uh, and then over time, you know, it grows. It started to grow. Uh, we started to be more successful. Uh, we started to open an office in Italy, and then we opened an office in Spain. So, so we grown. And I also got the chance to grow in the group. So, heading the distribution 
became you know not not only the third party distribution but also the institutional distribution so so i ended up now having around 200 people reporting to me i report to the ceo of the asset management and i have people around the world so i have uh, pe even people in santiago in chile and some in singapore on the distribution side and and we have three hubs uh support ups uh, one in copenhagen uh, one in luxembourg which is uh, the bigger one and one in lisbon that we opened uh, two three years ago so we have basically uh, so i have pretty of a big remit of activities which is fun because it's distribution in the broader sense of of distribution oh. so marketing product support so all these kind of function of reporting so it's not only sales actually activities that's why there is so many people in the team so, so, so leadership is a core part of what you do. And obviously you are French and Emmanuel Macron um, got in now, now last night. Now we don't want to get political, but I am <laughs> curious about um, leadership and, 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 you know, have there been some inspiring leaders, either global leaders or financial services leaders that have inspired you um, thus far? Yeah, I, actually, I don't have a figurehead. Uh, mm. I have been inspired by many people have I've met over, over the years. And, and some have been my bosses. So a couple of them have been quite inspiring to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Some have been the head of HR I had when I joined Nordea that I found was an inspiring person and, and about you know yourself, where are your boundaries, how you can grow. Uh, but it's also my team every day. So any, any, any person can inspire me. So it's, it's not like it's because of, who they are, what they say, what they live, that gets an inspiration for me. So I'm quite curious as a person. So I'm, I'm trying to learn from whoever I meet. And that's what is enriching me, actually. And, and that's clients as well, obviously. Clients I meet, they, they're also a, a very good source of inspiration. So it's not, you know, like I would tell you one person. It's actually many, many different influences that, that, that have made me who I am, actually. Absolutely. I love the fact that you mentioned curiosity because curiosity is one of the most powerful coaching skills. So, so, so love that. Um, um, in terms of your own leadership, Scott, you know, I know a few people who, who, who've worked for you over the years and, 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 and they, 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 they love who you are and what you stand for. So, so, you know, what, what would you say are some of the reasons that, that, that they do uh, love you and who you are and what you stand for, Christoph. What, what are your traits? What would you say that is? I, I think I think I'm, I'm authentic as a person. So I think people know who I am, where I am. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that is probably something that, you know, that's why people, I think, like to be with, with me. I think I'm, I'm open. Mm -hmm. to ideas, uh, to different way of thinking. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I'm wrong, uh, you know, to rethink what I have done. I think that's, uh, that's very, very important. Uh, and that also shows to people that they can make a difference because if they can tell you something and suddenly you take it in and it changes your mind, it changes what you think, is actually very, very... I think it's very appreciated by people because it, it means that they count. And I think everyone in my organization counts. Whatever they do, they mm. can make a difference. So, so I think that, that might be the reason. Uh, uh, this openness. Uh, I think they, I'm, I'm also very much, I think people would say that I'm trustworthy. So, so they know that they can rely on me. 
Yeah, it sounds to me like you really build a culture of agency within your, your distribution um, team. So you, you've been part of a Nordic um, culture, working for a Nordic organization. I know that um, sustainability is, is part of the DNA. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, the, you know, the DNA and, you know, how that works for, for your investors? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the Nordics, they have had this, I don't know if it's this relation to nature, or I don't know how you want to call that, that has been there for a very, very long time. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that is very much in who they are, in, in their DNA. Uh, and and f- frankly, 15 years ago, already in Sweden, people were asking us for products that had some sort of sustainability feature. And that was 15 years ago. And they would go to the bank, uh, Nordea Bank, and would ask you know, for that product. And, and, and if you wouldn't have that product, they would decide to bank somewhere else. So, so it was not like, you know, you see a lot of hype right now. So it was, for us, it's, it's not you know, new. It's something that happened 15 years ago. And, and obviously, that has created um, a very strong sense of, of, of urgency when it comes to sustainability. And we have developed product over the years. And, and uh, so that's really strong in, in what we do and what we stand for. Um, probably, you know, some of the requirements of the Nordic investor are probably higher than what I see in the rest of Europe sometime in, in terms of what they expect from an asset manager. Yeah, I'm sure that they're much more, more demanding. And so, so, you know, tell us about young people uh, as well. Do you think... Um, the industry is doing enough to connect with new generations as investors? And is it slightly different in Nordic regions, do you think, from, from the rest of um, you know, our planet? No, mm. I, I think young investors or young, young people are actually less interested than they used to be by financial industry. So they, they find other areas of interest. Um, so it's a job for us to try to get them interested. Mm. Uh, what I can say, because I, I teach in, in the university in Paris, Mm. Where they get really, really interested is when I discuss, you know, uh, responsible investment, sustainability. It's because this idea that you know you can have, you can be an actor of change to your investment is something that resonates a lot with them. Uh, they are very engaged in this. Uh, so maybe we have a chance as a as a financial industry to actually capture them back to the industry to to work on some of uh, of these sustainable topics that actually are so important. You know. The way we talk to companies, the way we get companies to integrate some of these topics into the way they, they build the, the factories or, or different things, I think this is really, really important. And I think that really gets the young people very much engaged. So do we need a rebranding of the financial services industry in some ways to help attract the, these people? Because it sounds to me that there's part of what we do that's, that's really fascinating um, and exciting for these people, but, but not everything. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. You know, obviously, we are. We have. We still have a fiduciary duty, so we are here to deliver a return to someone. So it's not like, uh, but the two can go hand in hand, and I think that's something that we 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 have to communicate better. That you know, uh, financial industry is also about sustainability and, and the way you can influence company. Because if you vote at general assembly, if you engage the company, you can influence the company. So it's a way to change the world in a way, in a small steps, obviously, and I think that's. I'm not sure it's rebranding, but I think if we talk more about this, we're going to get the, the young people more interested in, in, in the financial industry. I'm, I'm sure about that. Mm, absolutely. So, so, so going back to Nordic culture, you know, I get a sense that, that, that Nordic 
cultures are very good at getting people en engaged. Do you want to just tell me a little bit about, you know, what your own view on that, having worked in this culture now for many years? Yeah, I think that's, you know, when I, I joined first, you know, the I have been living in the Nordics before I joined Nordia, you know, oh, I, okay. I told you. So so I had been experiencing this. And, and you know, as a French guy, that was a bit fascinating uh, because you would get the boss of the team and before he would take a decision, he would actually consult the team. So he would basically get the people in a room, would expose basically what was the issue, his view, what would be the path potentially we would go and, you know, ask each, each of the person in the team, what's your view or what do you think? Mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, that was, you know, French guys, that was really, really strange. And, and, but over time, actually, I learned it's very, very powerful. It's extremely powerful because what you get through that process is you get people to get engaged in, in the project or wherever you want to go. You get them to be in your boat instead of, you know, taking them. They are really part of your process and the boat. And the time it takes you to do that is the time you gain afterwards because they are very committed and they own basically the process. And I think that's something that is extremely Nordic. Uh, that has been a very, very powerful weapon for me when I had to, to lead teams and, and get things uh, moving. It's because you get to learn how to, to engage people. Yeah, so it sounds to me like it's really about harnessing the great collective, the, the collective wisdom in, in organizations and in teams. Very much, very much. Yeah. Obviously, I think there is pitfalls in everything. And one mm. of the pitfalls, for example, is they can also spend a lot of time to meet and meet again because what they like is to get to a consensus. Uh -huh. Okay, so you, you could also you could also so so the good thing of the other culture that you know you can bring is basically at some point you need to break and say look look guys I have heard everyone this is but I think now we need to move on and therefore this is going to be the way we're going to go. But still, they have all been heard. And this is what is really important, mm. is the fact that they have been heard. They will accept that maybe we don't go their way and we go another way. But they have been heard and you have been able to respond to their argumentation why you have decided to go another path rather than this path. And this is really, this is very, very powerful. It's extremely powerful. And it's really interesting what you're saying, because whenever we're doing change management projects with people, it's about people being heard. You know, we're human beings the end of the, the day. So as a human being at the end of the day, um, what do you love doing outside of your, your, your job? What, 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 what's your passion, Christoph? Uh, I love traveling. So mm. this is really, and I love traveling far away in remote places. Mm. So one of the destinations I have been quite going quite often is, is Latin America in different places, you know, in Patagonia, in the middle of nowhere, in the mountain, in the Cordillera de Andes. Uh, and, and I think that has been so, so rich for me to do that because, you know, we live in the developed world in a, you know, bit of frantic way, you know, stress. And, and certainly you go there in remote places where people, they have literally nothing, mm. but they are, yeah, they are, they show so much solidarity with each other that, you know, it's questioning sometimes our modern world where we, we tend to, you know, if you live in a big city, Luxembourg is a bit different, but if you live in a big city like Paris, very often you don't know your neighbor. You just, you know, over there, it's this solidarity has always struck me. And I think this is, uh, this is really bring you down, you know, bring you down from, uh, you know, what is the true value, what is really important in your life. So I love to do these trips when I can. 
to be to be a bit remote for some time. And the good thing on top is that the mobile phone doesn't go there. So you're also you're also free from your work and for all the all the all the potential issues actually you can have. You get your digital detox. Exactly. 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 So I love I love that word solidarity. Um, uh, and I, I love the way it's bringing humility. So, you know, if you were able to bring solidarity or if you were able to wave um, a Latin American magic wand um, over the financial services industry and really have a great impact, what is it that you would, you would do, Christoph? What's the big game changer, do you think, for the financial services? I think the big game changer for me would be to foster much more the financial education. Mm-hmm. I find uh, incredible that, you know, we learn a lot of things at school, you know, you learn to mass, uh, but you never learn, you know, what is the financial, what, what, what is financial services? You know, for example, you know, the first time people go and take a mortgage, they often never have heard about what is interest rate, what is a mortgage, what is a, what is a guarantees. And, and, and I think this is, this is, I think we do a very bad job as society if you don't get people to understand the basic of finance so they can basically be free, more free. Because at the end of the day, it sets them free. If they understand the basic of finance, they get, they get free in, the, in their choice. And I think that should be a very, very much... Uh, a top objective of any society, you know, to free your people so they can make their right choice. Christophe Girondel, thank you so much for bringing today your Higa, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, <laughs> Higa leadership to Flex in the City. Je vous remercie beaucoup. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks a lot, Rachel. Thank you. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode. <laughs>